0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hour number three of the program. We're going to talk some World Cup soccer here in just a second. Also, World Series of Poker main event live on the TV. Boy, do I love this time of year. It is day one. They have multiple day ones, and this is expected to be the second largest World Series of Poker field of all time, they think. They don't think it's going to break the record, but it's supposed to be the largest field, I think, in the last decade of that event since uh, 2007. We'll see exactly what happens, but it is day 1A today. We'll keep an eye on that. It's on the TV. Yeah, you know me. I love that. Can't get enough of that. Give me some live poker every single day. Something else that I love, World Cup soccer. We've been talking a lot about it in the United States. They're on to the World Cup finals. Netherlands won today. So it'll be the USA against the Netherlands in the World Cup final. The United States in the final for the third consecutive time. And they're trying for back-to-back titles. And it's our pleasure to welcome on in all the way across the world in Paris, France. I think it's 4 a.m. there. It's Stephen Ray, soccer expert and author of Finn McCool's Football Club, and world cup fever steven thank you so much for waking up for us man how are you
2: oh yeah welcome yeah good to good to speak here
1: so is is it 4 a.m over there is that did I get that right 4 a.m everything's still dark everything's still a little quiet there in paris
2: everything is everything is uh, extremely dark for another uh, another couple of hours. shit so it's getting warm
1: Steve what do you make about this this run by the United States women they've been incredibly dominant dominant uh, so much that it seems like the rest of the world outside of the United States kind of had enough of this club
2: yeah, I, I think, um, and I think the final uh, is actually maybe the most one-sided final there's been in World Cup history, um, because the Americans at the minute just seem head and shoulders above everyone else. And the last couple of games, it's, it's funny, because the last couple of games they have been tested. Um, I was at the game, the, the the first game of the of the World Cup, when we the, the, when the USA absolutely steamrolled uh, Thailand that that record score and it was crazy. I've never seen a mismatch in I've been watching sort of professional soccer for 40 years and I've never seen a mismatch like that ever. But as the tournament has gone on um the Americans have been tested more and more and I think the quarter final win over France it was they certainly had to dig deep and, and cling on a little bit in the last 10 minutes or so. But uh, and then again against England, which was the best game in the tournament as far as I'm concerned. England again, they're a talented team, and the U.S. They're just so strong and fast, and physically they, they are. They're just above everyone. It's funny though. I, I do feel that this tournament, I think that the whole narrative will shift, and I think that this would this will be the watershed year for the for the USA because I really do feel that the Europeans are catching up. And I think that by the time the next World Cup comes around in four years, I really feel that the, the European, the the, the, guy, the the countries which are big in men's soccer, the, the countries like Holland and Germany and Italy and Spain, all the ones that have traditional uh, male powerhouses, I, I really do feel this four years time they were, might well have caught up and overtaken
1: the americans these last two matches that you're talking about france and england go back to that france game i thought it was uh, the, the the best atmosphere for a women's soccer match that i can remember since 1999 and of course that one was in the rose bowl this one was in paris but it was Stephen. you were there was this as wild and crazy and as just as incredible as it seemed uh, watching on the television here
2: yeah, absolutely, and I think again that that's something that that, that has changed. Um, uh, in the past, uh, w- uh, women's soccer in the U.S. and in Japan were 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 uh, taken seriously. They had investment in in uh, in the sense of um, coaching and uh, infrastructure, administration, all those things, and and the rest of the world really. I wouldn't say they didn't care about women's soccer, but it was so low on the totem pole. And this World Cup has shifted that. Specifically, um, I know in England, um, because obviously I'm included I'm into the UK, and uh, just, there's just so many um, anecdotal things, for instance, Um, The the Glastonbury Music Festival, which actually took place last weekend, which is a huge music festival in the UK, um, showed the game, showed the, the English game. And America has always been well supported. Their fans have always traveled to support both the men and the women in the World Cups. And this time, really, there's been there's been big um, travelling support, uh, as I said, mainly from the European countries. But uh, it's a matter of fact. I was just reading today that that USA England game in the semi-final. Is was actually the largest uh, the 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 TV show this year with the largest viewing figures in the UK. Not the not the the biggest uh, soccer game, or not the biggest sporting event. The largest programme. Wow. More people watched England play the USA in the UK than watched any TV show this year. I mean, there is absolutely no way that would have happened the last World
1: Cup. I mean, that's incredible. We're talking to Stephen Ray. He's live in Paris right now, and you can find his website, Stephen Ray, that's R-E-A dot com, author of Finn McCool's Football Club. We're talking World Cup soccer. It's the United States and the Netherlands in the final on Sunday. It's 10 a.m. local time in the final. Uh, let's go back to the England match. Uh, the goalkeeper for the United States, Alyssa Neher, she made a couple of incredible saves, Stephen, and everybody's going to look at that penalty save, but also also, she had another one-hander earlier in that match that I thought was just incredible, too. She seems to be playing at the top of her game.
2: Yeah, and again, this is what sets um, the very best teams apart at any level of soccer. Um, whenever the, the USA, that, that game that you mentioned a few minutes ago, the French game, um, was the the USA ended up, I think, with something like 39% possession in that game. Um, i have never seen an American team have to defend and give up the ball and be happy to play in the counter attack. And the thing is, the Americans have dominated soccer, women's soccer, for so long. I think they have lost one game in 48 matches now. Um, they haven't lost in the World Cup since 2011. Let I me mean, think about that. It's That's incredible. Eight years that they haven't lost. but when they do go uh, go, go uh, uh, sorry excuse me when they do find themselves under pressure and even with a team that is used to having the ball and used to playing on the front foot and used to being having having the, the line share possession, but whenever they are breached, Whenever the opposition do get chances, you have to have a top-level um, goalkeeper. You have to have someone who maybe hasn't touched the ball for 20 minutes, who has not been called in um, uh, into action the whole game, just like you said in that French game, um, that then whenever they are called, uh, excuse me, in the English game, just like when they are called upon. And, the, I mean, think about that. The World Cup semi-final what penalty was what 7 minutes to go or something like that mm-hmm. and then your keeper your keeper you can rely on someone in goals that can dive and I, I mean if that had gone in the momentum completely switches back to England it's suddenly a tie heading into the last few minutes. Who knows what's going to happen? But instead, you've got a goalkeeper there that you can rely on. Yeah, that was a great save.
1: Yeah, the United States women, kind of like, I guess, the New England Patriots in football, they just win when it matters. It's incredible the, the rate that they do that at. And one of the women that's been instrumental in the knockout rounds has been, well, Megan Rapino. She actually did not uh, shoot. Oh, maybe she shoot up. She didn't see action in that. I think they were saving her in case they went to penalty kicks is what Jill Ellis said. Uh, what's her status for the final? Are we Are going to see Megan Rapinoe back?
2: I think so. I mean, uh, that that was a huge shock. I mean, that, that completely kept that quiet. In fact, so much so that whenever the the, the team came out, that there was actually some uh, suspicion that it was a tactical move. But uh, but uh, Lucy Bronze, who was the English right back, she, is, she has been on fire this tournament. She has been wonderful. And Megan Rapinoe is the wrong side of 30. And there was initially a, a feeling of perhaps – um the the reason she had been dropped she had been dropped excuse me just to, because she couldn't keep up with the physicality of Lucy Bronze. but she if you watched her um i don't know what the what, what you caught in the states i don't know what pictures you got, tv pictures back there but she didn't even kick a ball mm-hmm. in the warm up she had i think it was a, a quad strain or thigh strain and so i'm absolutely sure she will be back but again it's funny because that was my worry going into the semifinal, that on the three previous games, Megan Rapino had scored. There was only one other American that scored a goal in three games. Megan Rapino we were relying on her so much. And the whole, you know, that if you stopped her, there was a danger. Then that you stopped the whole team because she was playing so well. But however, the biggest test so far, they came through without arguably their best player. So I'm absolutely sure she will be back for the final. And And I, like I said, I really cannot see the Dutch hanging in with the Americans at all in this final, especially after what happened
1: tonight. Yeah, It's good to hear that Rapino's going to be back, and it, look, she's 33 now. You said on the wrong side of 30. She's been around a while. She's a part of these World Cups the last uh, two times they've made the final. She's a household name now anywhere in the United States, and probably people who are just very casual sports fans, people who never watch soccer, are going to know Megan Rapino. And, and I'll ask you, Stephen, is she is she playing the best that she ever has in her career, even though she's 33? and she's, Is she the best player on the planet? Say right now, at least in this tournament,
2: uh she was. She's she certainly whether she's the best and all, I guess, but she's she's certainly the most creative. um I, I think that she is always a danger. I think she is playing the best soccer that that I've seen, certainly on the international stage. And I think it's it's funny. It it it, it brings up another point. I think that this this is the difference. We um, mentioned earlier how the European teams, or the European countries are starting to come to get on to an equal level with the States and how they're getting to be more professional and better coached and, 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 and better set up and all those kind of things. But this team, this American team, has been there and done that. And going into the, this tournament, my one worry about the Americans was that their domestic league is is, is weak. Um, compared to the the, the the European teams like PSG in Germany and Bayern Munich, excuse me, PSG in France and Bayern Munich in Germany and Manchester City in England, and all these teams that are pouring money into their women's setup, and my worry was that the American domestic league was weak, and that perhaps those players were just going to be off their game a little bit. They weren't just going to be quite sharp enough. But in fact, because it's been the opposite because this team, this players, the vast majority of these uh, Americans on the roster have been there and done it. And when it mattered, when it came down to it, this group of players knew how to get the game done. In both the last two games, in the quarterfinal against France and the semifinal against England, their game, what we call in, in soccer, game management. In other words, their last 10 minutes they were just they just took this thing out of the game and they kept the ball and they fell over any time an opposition player came close to them and they just they saw the game out and they're definitely the Americans in this tournament are on a different level in general to the Europeans and I just think this may be the last time we're at this position, mm-hmm. and I think the Americans will absolutely need to make a while the sun shines. come Sunday,
1: wow! And so, hey, look, it sounds like you've already answered this, but you can make this quick if you want. It sounds like you think it's going to be a party for the United States women and all their fans on Sunday.
2: I really do, and I think that that um, I think the French uh, played played well, and I think the English played well, but the Dutch. I've, I've watched the last three games now and I just feel they're a bit stodgy I think they they lack the creativity the Americans have their, their game tonight against Sweden was what was exactly what the USA would have wanted a and the USA have a day's more rest. They played on Tuesday. Holland played on Wednesday. Secondly, their game went to uh, extra time, and that extra half an hour in that heat, I think it was 82 degrees or something in the stadium tonight. Um, so the, uh, the extra um, day's rest, the fact that they played a half an hour less, um, the, the Dutch uh, Martins, who was World Player of the Year a couple of years ago, she went off injured at halftime. She's always been carrying a knock the whole tournament because she hasn't been herself. And I, you know, you never say never in soccer. More so than any other sport, you could always get an upset. But it would be, I would be absolutely amazed um, if the States aren't, you know, a goal you two ahead by halftime. I mean, again, which is something else. That they have done brilliantly the whole tournament. The USA have scored in the opening twelve minutes of every single game this competition.
1: Yeah, it's one of the more uh, remarkable I stats mean, that I've ever seen, uh, Stephen. In these, yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And they just
2: steamrolled right from the start. I mean, England were clinging on by their fingertips for the first fifteen, twenty minutes of that game, and in, in that semi-final. I, I really feel that if the US come flying out of the blocks like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get one or two goals ahead, and then I I just cannot see the Dutch living with them at all.
1: It's Sunday at 10 a.m. local time here in New Orleans, Central Time. He's Stephen Ray, author of Finn McCool's Football Club. Pick that up. Also, World Cup Fever authored that. And you can find those on his website, Stephen-Ray.com. That's R-E-A, Stephen-Ray.com. Stephen, Stephen live from Paris. Really appreciate the time uh, for you this morning. Uh, Enjoy the heck out of this on Sunday. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. All right, There he goes. And, yes, on Sunday, I will be up and I will be decked out and ready to party my own rear end off. I can't wait. And, look, then we're going to have the Gold Cup final. could be the United States men against uh, Mexico. So we're going to have a heck of a few days of of soccer here in the United States as I guess the world has their eye on the United States uh, and their men's and women's national teams. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back here in about three minutes on the last lap here on WWL. Welcome back to the show. U.S. men's national team was in a lightning delay in the semifinals of the Gold Cup and it looks like it just restarted about three minutes ago. United States up one nil on Jamaica in the semifinals. There, I didn't want to. I had to mention that because I didn't want to jinx this. I thought they were going to be in the final. <laughs> but they're still playing. I got ahead of myself, but hopefully, the United States holds on there and makes it to the final of the Gold Cup. Uh, We also had the Home Run Derby bracket set. Your number one seed is Christian Yelich, Home Run Derby in Major League Baseball. Going to happen during the All-Star game. And it's Christian Yelich against Vlad Guerrero Jr. That's going to be fantastic. Um, Over on the left side of the bracket. That's basically the one that I want to watch on the, the Home Run Derby. I'm trying to get the whole Home Run Derby bracket as it popped up and they just finished. They did like this live bracket reveal, which I thought was a little bit odd. But I guess again you got to fill time. But here is the bracket: it's Yelich against Guerrero. Then you got Alex Bregman, the former LSU Tiger, going to be involved in this against Juck uh, Peterson. On the other side of the bracket, two seed Pete Alonso of the Mets against Carlos Santana, and then it's the Pirates Josh Spell against Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves. So those are the. Eight men participating in the home run derby. I don't think there's any doubt that it's Vlad Guerrero against Kristen Yelich in that first matchup that everybody's going to be looking forward to. Got to mention some really sad news earlier today as uh, Louisiana Raging Cajun baseball coach Tony Robichaux died after complications from a heart attack. He was 57. And we saw all of the, the eulogies and the, the thoughts from – People that knew Coach Robe, I didn't, but just listening to everybody who did, talking about how great of a a man he was, how great of a a coach and a person he was, but, again, more off-the-field stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff than actually teaching young men on the field. Now, he was obviously a great, great baseball coach, but it sounds like he was an even better man. Um, In his seven seasons with the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, They won 263 games and made two appearances in the NCAA baseball tournament. Uh, Robe actually coached McNeese State and then went to the University of Southern Louisiana, which was later changed to uh, ULL. 910 games. They won seven regional appearances, four Super Regionals, and one College World Series berth with Coach Robe at the helm. You can find that story on our website at WWL.com. Certainly a, a big time loss for that university, that community, and everybody here in South, um, well, in Louisiana and uh, the Gulf South. We are waiting on Debbie Bressler, who is the Go Forth on the River coordinator, as we're going to talk to her in about two minutes. It's 4th of July tomorrow, and everybody's talking about the celebration that's going to happen in Washington, D.C. We're also going to have a celebration like we usually do right here in New Orleans with the fireworks on the river and everybody goes downtown on the Riverwalk. It's always one of my favorite times of the year. And I hope you get out there and uh, go see it. So coming up next here, I'm going to take our 60-second news break. We're going to talk to Debbie Bressler. Then I want to know, a little later, as we have a half hour left on the program, I'm going to know what your 4th of July plans are. I want to know who has the best set up plan for the 4th of July, whether that's just, you know, an insane barbecue plan. You got all the meat and the barbecue lined up, whether you got a crazy vacation going on, or maybe you've just got, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars in fireworks that you're going to safely set off. I want to know who's got the best 4th of July plans, but Debbie Bressler of go forth on the river. She comes up next next year on the last lap. Our blue runner gumbo opinion poll at www.com. Where do you have drew Brees on your all-time list of quarterbacks? Remember, our guest earlier said not even in the top 10, had him at number 13. I'd have Drew in my top five, and that's where most of you are also saying. 61% saying top five. 23% say number one. 14% top 10, and 2% none of the above, so outside the top 10. Keep voting there. We'll have a final update on our poll towards the top of the hour. Also, Sports Libs coming up just a little bit later. First time we've done that in quite a bit but tomorrow 4th of july going to be Independence Day, and of course we got our celebration here in the city it's go forth on the river with the fire uh, fireworks and barges and all the great stuff that we always see downtown new orleans debbie bressler who's the coordinator for go forth on the river joins us now debbie how you doing
3: i'm great how are you
1: look i'm i'm great i know that you're busy making final preparations for this well, what can you tell us what's going to happen tomorrow at go forth on the
3: river well it's if- it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a free show at 9 p.m. on the river. It's going to be a spectacular barge. And we are just so excited to celebrate our nation's independence. And you come down early, starting at 4.30 at Forth Fest in Crescent Park. You're going to be able to hear the victory bells at 5.30 and Mojo at 7 o'clock. Photography workshops with Zach Smith during the fireworks. And the General Kelly is going to come out, the fireboat with its red, white, and blue plume. It's going to be. It's an exciting day and a special day, and we celebrate Independence Day as only New Orleans can.
1: Oh, that's really true. Year-round preparations for this, Debbie?
3: Yes, we really do. In fact, you know, with an announcement Zach Street made today, we're already working on our next year, which will be the 30th year that the Riverfront Marketing Group has produced "Go Forth on the River," and we're really excited. And of course, we couldn't do it without Magic and WWL and the New Orleans Tourism Marketing Company and the Daryl Burger Companies and 18 other sponsors. We start every year all over having to raise the money for this show, and we're really excited about it and very grateful for all the True Blue sponsors that helped make this happen.
1: Well, that's great. Uh, the, the announcement by Zach Streif, I guess I missed it. Is that just that mm-hmm. it's the 30th and we're doing it again, or was there something else there?
3: Well, the 30th, and he's going to have Port Orleans get involved because they have a riverfront logger. Oh. So we're excited that we're going to have a great one tomorrow, and we'll immediately start on our 30th for next year. Hey,
1: well, there so. you go. Um, so this is tomorrow. You said 430, Debbie, and, and of course, it's free, right?
3: It's all free. You can go to GoForthOnTheRiver.com for more information, for coupons, for parking. So, yes, it will be free, and it's everybody come on down. It's a spectacular show.
1: I know. We'll be covering it here a lot tomorrow with our news team on WWL. Debbie, good to talk to you again. Wonderful. And, uh, look, I'll I'll, uh, see you out there tomorrow. Thanks so much.
3: Thanks so much. Uh, All bye-bye. right.
1: Debbie Bressler, Go Forth on the River coordinator. And, uh, well, I, I didn't mean to fib there. I kind of got caught. I actually won't be in town. Remember, I'm leaving town. So I actually won't be. This is the first time I have been, not been in New Orleans for 4th of July, I think, since I moved down here a decade ago. It's going to be a little odd. Um, but I will be doing the show on Friday. Logan, you're going to be doing the show. So, Logan, uh, come back in here. Logan has uh, the rookie shift. So if you've been anywhere and you can kind of low man on the totem pole, and you have, work in a business that's open on the 4th of July, you're going to have a schedules like Logan, a schedule like Logan's. And, Logan, your schedule is not envious. So take us through Logan Falgoo's schedule over the – everybody's going to be celebrating and barbecuing, and then Logan's going to be here, right?
4: Uh, that is correct. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm coming in for, uh, for 6 p.m. Hopefully I can get a little bit of barbecue uh, from uh, my family back at the house before I get here, you know. But uh, – other than that, I know uh, one or one or two of my friends are really excited to set off fireworks and stuff like that. I mean, I've. Are you fireworks I, yet? Not exactly. I. So I what does that not exactly? What does that mean? I find some enjoyment in it. It's just like I don't really have the time to like properly set up anything or anything <laughs> like that. Like sure. like this year, uh, I didn't last year either, but. Uh, but you know their their version of uh, shooting off fireworks is probably getting a roman candle and <laughs> holding it in their hand and firing it off so
1: Oh, I got a good story about roman candles. So, you
4: ever get into f-
1: bottle rocket or roman candle like wars with your friends or, or siblings or anything like that when you were younger?
4: I'm obligated to tell you no.
1: Okay. <laughs> Are you pleading the fifth? or is it, I'll, let you I'll let that answer stay, I guess. But when I was growing up, my brother and I, we lived out in the middle of nowhere, so you could really set off fireworks. We did it very safely out on the river. But there was a couple of times we kind of got into bottle rocket wars against Roman candle wars, and I chose the Roman candle side of that battle. And let me just tell you, if you ever have a chance to, uh, and this is not safe, so don't do it, but if you're ever in a... In a Roman candle against bottle rocket, you know, fights. The bottle rocket's going to win that every time because it's so unpredictable where they go. And these were the whistling things. So my brother was you know, kind of shooting towards me. A terrible idea, obviously. This is terrible. Everybody listening, do not do this. This is, you know, I could be without an eye or worse after this. But I have like, I still to this day, I have a scar that's kind of a bump on my right arm. And sometimes people ask me, what did you get that from? and it was from my brother, shot me with a bottle rocket that exploded right on my arm when I was, like, seven years old. And I never got him because you can dodge Roman candles. Like, what was I thinking? It seemed like a terrible idea. Like, he's going to dodge Roman candles, which go, I don't know, like 10 miles an hour at you, and then I got these 40-mile-an-hour bottle rockets coming at me. How terrible was that? So my point is here, don't get into fireworks wars, right? This is a PSA from Seth Dunlap on the last lap. Don't get into Roman candle wars bottle rocket wars and logan you'll have no problem because you're gonna be working tomorrow and then all the way through sunday
4: yeah yeah no uh I'm, i'm being here friday then saturday and then sunday i finally have off uh and I get to celebrate my birthday at home with my family and all that. There so, you go. Now,
1: see your dad. Your dad works behind the glass sometimes, and does uh, he give you the business saying, "Ah, son, you gotta go. You gotta go work." Yeah, so but he's probably worked on some quite a few holidays too.
4: Uh, yeah, no, he's uh, because he, uh, he uh, he used to be a full-time uh chief engineer for a bunch of uh, radio stations, uh, so he's had to work holidays, birthdays, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Uh. Heck, last year, I wasn't working for 4th of July, and it was the first time I wasn't at home for 4th of July with my family. What'd you do? Uh, I went over to a friend of mine's house uh, with a bunch of my other friends, and we all sat around and had a uh, an adult barbecue. I, I, I say that not as like we were doing anything bad, but like- you know,
1: we just... <laughs> When you say adult barbecue, I think like R-rated barbecue. Right? What's, like, what's going it's, on it's, at this it's barbecue? Not, it's not
4: about that. It's <laughs> just like we were all just sitting around <laughs> having a barbecue- with, like, like, basically on our own. Like, that that was just... It was, it. Like, oh, it was like, you're yeah. finally,
1: you were entered into adulthood because you actually were able to go do something without a bunch of, you know, parents and stuff.
4: Around. Yeah, well, last year, uh, last year 4th of July, that was the first, uh, that, that was my 18th, uh, it was right before my 19th birthday, so, because they line up, like, three days apart, so, uh, I was 18, I got to go do whatever I wanted to for 4th of July, and I happened to have off, so... Uh, I I was actually down a uh, Chapultepec. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we were okay. over there. Uh, we didn't do anything really with fireworks. We just kind of sat around, ate barbecue, and uh, and just talked. All, all night, just a bunch of us. So That <laughs> was, sounds like that was a lot nice. of
1: fun. I have so many great memories of the 4th of July. We used to go out on Lake Roosevelt in Washington State. Very long lake, 160 miles, went all the way up into Canada. But we kind of lived on it. So we'd go out there, and we'd get, I don't know, 20, 30 people that would always come out. A bunch of different families, everybody who lived out there. And we would just stay on the lake. We'd camp, set up tents, sleep in bags. And you know the, air was, the sky was so pure that by the time they got night, we'd do the fireworks. We'd sit around. We'd play music. My dad played music. So we'd bring out his guitar. We'd do that. And then we'd fall asleep, and we'd just look up at the stars all night long, kind of all the kids just talking. So, yeah, I have great memories of that. And when I ever have kids, hope to bring them back out there and do something similar. We were asking earlier, uh, heat-wise, and this is kind of random if you haven't been paying attention to our whole show, but we got into a little bit of a debate about which heat is worse, the 90-degree humidity in New Orleans or the 110, 115, quote-unquote, dry heat in Las Vegas. If you're watching – the World Series of Poker, and the Pelicans are going to be out there in the Summer League. I don't think it's close. Maybe it's close, but the answer is very clear to me that it's Las Vegas. I have lived in Vegas. I have been to Vegas. I can't even count how many times anymore. All in the summer. Almost all in the summer. July and August in Vegas, when it gets to 110, 115 sometimes, it's not close. It's worse than anything I've experienced here. I get a tweet at Big Rich 8282 Richard tweets at me. Vegas feels like a hot air dryer, excuse me, hot hair dryer blowing on you. Our heat in New Orleans suffocates you. Describing the Las Vegas heat as a blow dryer is, uh, I, I guess, all blow dryers should take offense to that. Or maybe the, the heat in Vegas should take offense to that because that's not close. I don't know. It seems like somebody who has not been to Vegas. I have uh, had many blow dryers on my hair and on my skin, and nothing has felt like a blow dryer when I'm in the Vegas heat. So I don't agree with that at all. New Orleans is running away with our poll, our very unscientific poll on Twitter. 90% of the people saying New Orleans worse with the 90 degrees and humidity. And it is going to be humid and hot this next month. Boy, it has just been unbearable. It has at times here this last week. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll play a little sports libs. Logan's got those behind the glass, and we'll also take a look at what's happening in that soccer match the United States and Jamaica playing in the Gold Cup semifinals. We'll have that for you when we come back on the last lap. I will say tomorrow I would rather be in Las Vegas than New Orleans with the heat tomorrow. Tomorrow in Las Vegas, 101, sunny, 11% humidity, tomorrow's forecast in new orleans is 96 with 62 percent humidity that sounds awful i'm not gonna lie i don't want to be anywhere outside water or otherwise within a 96 degree weather with 62 percent humidity are you gonna be hiding inside somewhere with that or you got plans tomorrow
4: before you work uh i'm not quite sure what i have planned tomorrow uh if I can help it, I'll be probably staying around inside, you know. <laughs> Out uh, of the 96 degree weather. You know, because, <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the thing I, I absolutely love the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a very big guy yeah me too so like <laughs> you know i i just have a lot of body heat and that mixed with n- you know 90 something degree weather and 60 percent humidity is is not a good mixture it's, no it's terrible That's, so if
1: you're going out tomorrow please be safe like we're going to hear about all sorts of you know heat strokes and and, and those don't be part of those statistics hydrate hydrate tonight if you are going out and i don't know use some sunblock or something i'm doing it my own little psa yeah, well, give me the 101 and 11 percent humidity. But something like next week, it's going to be 110. I'm looking at it, next week's forecast: 110 in Vegas with 20 percent humidity, and then in New Orleans, it is 90 degrees with 50 percent humidity. That I'm probably taking the 90 with 50, and not the the 110 with 20. But I don't know. That's just me. All right, let's play a little sports libs. You hear the music? We do this quite often on our show. It's like Mad Libs. Logan's got some topics, some sentences that I haven't seen. We're gonna fill in some blanks. And you can play along on the text
4: line at 87870. What you got, Logan? All right. First up here we have a Fourth of July festive question. Okay. The first item on my Fourth of July to-do list is blank. Grill before fireworks, oddly. And I
1: think that shifted for me when I've entered my 30s. It used to always be fireworks, and I could be well, I could just, you know, bring sandwiches and, and other people can cook. I don't really care. Now, yeah, probably grilling one adult beverages 2 always consumed safely and and then fireworks 3 like I said I grew up in the country man so I w- I am always somebody that loves to manually set off my fireworks I don't want to if if I can have a choice if I have a choice of one or the other I'm setting off my own fireworks instead of going and watching a show now if I have both what I will do is early evening Set off the fireworks during the day, some stuff that'll work during the day, and then I'll go see the fireworks show at night. But I'll be traveling tomorrow. So I'm going to spend all of my 4th of July on a plane. Like, the the entirety of my day is going to be on an airplane. It does not sound fun. You're going to – I don't know. Would you rather be in the studio or on an airplane for eight hours?
4: For eight hours? Um, mm. I'd th- I'd say plane. I can sleep on a plane. Really? <laughs> I say I'm too I'm too tall. I'm, I'm the Cam Newton.
1: If I don't get an exit row and I'm flying a certain airline that you don't get a choice on where you sit,
4: yeah, I'm gonna be cramped up for eight hours. It's not quite eight hours. I guess it's like six. Hours well, that that is true. I haven't been on an airplane since I was like eight years old. So I, I think I've grown since then. So, <laughs> so you yes,
1: yeah, exactly. When you're eight years old and you're you know four foot two, it's a little different sitting in a seat than when
4: you're six foot seven two thirty like I am. But anyways, next question. All right, next up. I'd rank blank as the number one best head coach of all time in the NFL.
1: Oh, it's not close. It's Bill Belichick. It's it's Bill Belichick one, Bill Belichick two, Bill Belichick three. And anybody who argue, argues otherwise is just a Patriots and Belichick hater. I understand there was Spygate and there was Deflategate and there's other stuff. But this is still Bill Belichick. And he's won six Super Bowls in the salary cap era when parodies reign supreme. I don't need to go on with this. It's it's Belichick. Belichick one two three four and five.
4: Yeah, like even I'm I'm a Patriots hater and I like I don't I don't see anybody besides Belichick being there. You know. Yep. Uh, next up, I'm looking forward to blank later on this month. Ooh, that's a great question. I'm only not looking forward to Saints
1: training camp because I don't want to be out there in the heat. In the 96-degree weather with 60% humidity on Airline Drive, so I'm not looking forward to that. Later this month, what's happening later this month? Oh, there's a new movie. There's a Quentin Tarantino movie. The newest one. Uh, What is it? Hollywood? uh, What's the new Tarantino called? Live from Hollywood. A Hollywood story. Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's what it is. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's the latest Tarantino film. Comes out, I think, on the 16th of July. And I can't wait. His last film, Hateful Eight, is one of my favorite films of all time. I am all in for this. It is basically kind of a meta look, Tarantino is, at... All of his movies that he's made, DiCaprio's in this, Pitt's in this, and it, it just looks absolutely incredible. So that is what I'm looking forward to most. Other than this vacation, would be the Tarantino movie.
4: I'll have to go see that. I love Tarantino. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, it's going to be awesome.
4: All right, next one up here is a question: Who should Pelicans fans be watching during the off season?
1: Uh, by the way, I caught a, tarant- a bead from Quentin Tarantino on one of—I think I still have that one—in one of the Mardi Gras. It was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, Not Zion. The guy you want to watch in the summer leagues, I want to watch Jackson Hayes when he actually suits up because he's not going to suit up on Friday. Contract rules. They can't actually complete the trade until Saturday. I am interested to see if he actually plays Saturday, if they get that trade completed and he can actually practice and suit up and play a little bit. I would imagine he's at least on the bench there. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they wait until game number three. But Jackson Hayes is the guy that I'm most looking forward to outside of Zion.
4: All right. Next one up here. The last one we have the women's uh, the women's world cup has been a blank experience so far
1: satisfying experience because exactly what i wanted to happen in this is happening i wanted some routes in group play and we got that with a 13 nil victory when the united states just went nuts and then in knockout play we've had back-to-back great matches against france and then against england 90-minute slobber knockers, both of those. And I loved every minute of each of those matches, even though I was kind of laid up for both of those matches, oddly. So I wasn't able to get out and watch them like I usually was, but I was still kind of watching on my phone and wherever I could. But I, I, it's, it's been so satisfying. And like Stephen Ray said earlier this hour, well, the United St- uh, States is maybe not as head and shoulders above the rest of the world in women's soccer like they have been over the last decade or so. Everybody else is catching up, so maybe this is the last party that we'll see for the United States women at the World Cup level for quite a while. France is very young. They're going to be better. The England, the Brits are very young. They're going to be better. I shouldn't say the Brits as it's just England, not all of the UK or Great Britain. But I can't wait. It's what is it? Sunday at 10 a.m. local time is the World Cup final against the Netherlands. Stephen Ray promises me it's going to be nothing but a celebration for the United States. So that's what I hope it is. You, You caught any of the World Cup, Logan?
4: Uh, I was watching it actually today before I came in. I there was watching go. the uh, the Netherlands versus uh, Sweden match. Yeah, I
1: went to extra time. The United States probably wanted Sweden because Sweden's the team that knocked them out in the Olympics a few years ago, but they get the Netherlands instead. So we'll see that on Sunday. Here's a text from the 985 as Sports Libs in the book. I'll take the Vegas Heat. Over the deep south any day, I've experienced both. And while, yes, that Vegas heat isn't comfortable at all, it's nothing compared to 99 degree summer day in New Orleans with 80-plus percent humidity. Okay, I'll stop you there. Yes, if the weather gets up to 100 degrees or 99 in New Orleans – and the humidity is like 60% plus. Absolutely. I'm just talking about a normal summer day. And normal summer day this time of year is 110 in Las Vegas, 20% humidity, 15 to 20. Normal summer day in New Orleans, what about 88 to 90, even a le- little bit less than that. I don't know about I'd say 90 degrees, 50% humidity. I'm taking the 90 and 50. But that's just me. And I've experienced both to each his own. Kind of like I said with this quarterback list, to each his own. We'll take a break. We're wrapping up our show next on The Last Lap. I can't believe somebody compared the Vegas heat to a blow dryer. That's somebody who's never been to Las Vegas in my mind. <laughs> Watching a little World Series of Poker. Main event day one. I want to get back. I hope Ben Mintz makes a big run. Didn't get a chance to talk to him or Carter Bryant this week. His holiday week, a short week on this show. I will be back on Sports Talk on Friday. We'll be talking about that Women's World Cup, but also about the Saints. We're just a few weeks away now from Saints training camp. Also, the Pelicans Summer League begins on Friday. It is the Pelicans against the New York Knicks, 6 o'clock. Just after that's when tip-off will be, and we'll be covering it Live, We're not going to be broadcasting the game, but we're going to be watching it and reacting to it live as we see Zion Williamson playing, yes, in the Summer League, but for the Pelicans with his some of his teammates for the first time. Frank Jackson also going to be back there. Christian Wood, Ken Rich Williams, and this is a very – Very big summer, I think, for all three of those players, especially Kenrich Williams, who last year shot only 38% from the field, and people acted like Kenrich Williams was the truth at small forward, a guy who averaged 6.1 points and 38% shooting. I just don't know how you look at Kenrich Williams' play and say that he's going to be a guy you want to get a lot of minutes. I've talked a lot about that on this show, but maybe he's developed. If he has, we're going to start to see it in the summer league. It's a four-game slate that begins on Friday. No Jackson Hayes or Nikhil Alexander-Walker. In those games, or Didi Luzada-Silva, those players will get added to the Summer League roster once the trade is complete with the Los Angeles Lakers, as it's not actually able to be completed until July 6th. Now, if they're able to sign those contracts and then also suit up to play in the same day, I don't know, but the Pelicans do play on July 5th and then July 6th. Somebody texted for the 985, looking most forward to the Rolling Stones. Yeah, Stones in New Orleans a little later this month. Final look at our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. Where does Drew Brees rank among all time quarterbacks? And 60% of you are saying top five. That's what I've said. And 20% are saying number one overall. Thanks to everybody who voted on that at www.com and the radio.com app. I want to thank everybody who was part of the program tonight. Logan Falgu behind the glass. Thanks, man. Thanks to Diane Newman, our program director. Todd Manessis, a little banged up today. Our assistant program director, Get Well Todd. Helen Santani for helping out. And Tim Zimmer for booking the show. Tim's been working the morning show. so pulling a little double duty. Tommy Tucker and then with us also. Thanks to Rick Gosselin, Daniel Salerson, Andrew Lopez, Stephen Ray, and Debbie Bressler, our guests on tonight's show. And remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can check the podcast, WWL.com, On Demand section, radio.com app, and also Apple Podcasts is how I get a lot of my podcasts for all of uh, the shows here on WWL. Everybody, look, tomorrow is a very fun day. It's a celebratory day for everybody here in the country. Have a great and very, very safe Fourth of July. Remember, drink responsibly if you're doing that, firework responsibly, if you're doing that and have a lot of fun with your friends and family. I'm Seth Dunlap. Give me a follow on Twitter at Seth Dunlap. We'll keep the conversation going there. And you can follow us on Twitter at WWL AM I'll be back on Friday for sports talk four to 8 PM live on a An undisclosed location or from an undisclosed location. We'll hand it off to Beyond Reality Radio right now. And in uh, recognition of one of the biggest trolls we've ever had on the program, one of our callers, here's a little Austin Powers, sharks with laser beams.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.